What's up, brother? And welcome to the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and men's lifestyle fulfillment coach. I've dedicated my life to helping men who feel like they're just not living up to their full potential to level up and become the king of their kingdoms. So whether you've been feeling stuck or numb or extremely angry with not living up to your greatest potential in any area of your life, then I'll be in your ears every week dropping some truly transformative episodes to help you become a man that you're proud to be. I'm glad you're here. Let's get to it. What's up, my brother? It's Johnny King, and this is the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm hanging out with my uh, my pup here and my roommate's pup. I literally have dogs laying on either side of my chair, and uh, that's how we do it. That's how we record these podcast episodes is doing it as a wolf pack. And uh, I wanted to, to catch up with you, um, fill you in on some of the things that I've learned from this past weekend's adventure, uh, I drove a couple of days with one of my best friends, Rick, and we drove out to Carson City, Nevada, which I didn't know exactly where that was, but it's just south of Reno, just kind of on the, uh, almost on the, uh, what do you call it, state line between Nevada and California, right there in Lake Tahoe. And Lake Tahoe, holy shit, I've been there before, but I didn't remember it being as beautiful as it was um, this time. <clears throat> that lake is so freaking clear. And it's got like aqua blue waters like you would see off the coast of Florida or the Bahamas. I'm like, holy shit. No wonder this place is amazing. So we got out there um, and hung out with some friends. And uh, let's be honest, I was nervous. I was nervous because, you know, I had two options. I could either do the medium course, which was like 50 and a half or 51 and a half miles with like 3,100 feet elevation. Or if I was feeling really sprightly, I could step up into the 61 and a half uh, mile gravel race with 4,300 feet elevation gain. And I'm going to be honest, it was around mile 15 that I already made the decision. <laughs> I already made this, the decision that I was doing 50. Um, and, and quite frankly, I was like, I'm going to be lucky if I make it to 50. So, um, and that was probably around the, f- no, it was probably more like the 20 mile mark. Because the, uh, the first climb, we had about 10 miles um, and it was cold that morning. It was it was beautiful when we got into town, and then a couple of days later, the you know the weather changed. And even here in Denver, when when we weren't here, we got hit with uh, over a foot of snow, which is crazy. Um, it's crazy to have that much snow, but it's actually very typical. And I remember when I first moved to Denver, people were like, "Oh, you you think winter is over?" We always tend to get a massive snowstorm after Mother's Day. And sure as shit, that was this past weekend, and I just missed it because we were out of town. Over a foot all along the front range. And so it was probably that cold front and precipitation that was hitting uh, hitting kind of the Lake Tahoe area because at the beginning of the race at about 7.30 a.m., it was 40 degrees. And that's f- pretty freaking cold, when, especially when you get on a bike and you're in shorts and 
t-shirt, whatnot, whatever. So I was feeling all right, just nervous. It just was good to get out there with my buddies. I was there with my buddy Rick and this other guy named Spiegel and Gary and Marshall, four of my buddies, but they're all really good uh, cyclists. So we all kind of hung together more or less for the first maybe 10 miles. And then when we hit the first climb, everyone was like, peace. And we all went off on our own. AK, they all left me behind. Um, and so I had a moment of tears um, where I was eating, you know, one of my uh, energy jelly bean packets, just trying to console myself. But I made it through. And that's all a lie. I didn't have that moment. But uh, I definitely I just was going to settle in and, and cruise my way up. And it was, you know, I don't know, an eight mile. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten mile. I forget exactly how long climb. Uh, kind of a real gradual climb. There were some kickers here and there, um, but over time, you know, it just starts to wear on your legs. And I knew that I had done. I was hoping that I had done at least the bare minimum to get me through this race. Because I knew what I what I did know is that I didn't do everything I could have done, right? And certainly, I could have beat myself up about it. And I think, you know, if you're like anything like me, we can, we can start to think like, shit, I didn't prepare for this, whether it be a presentation at work or, you know, <laughs> an anniversary, Valentine's Day, uh, time spent weekend maybe with your loved one or with your kids and think, fuck, I didn't get a, give this enough time that I really wanted to, to make this great. And so there's part of us that might think, you know what, I'm going to bail, you know, or maybe you don't bail, but maybe you're just going to judge yourself for not having been better prepared. And I certainly could have done that, but gratefully I didn't. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to enjoy this as much as I can. And I really worked to find moments where I just was checking out the scenery, uh, taking notice of like how, how good it smelled out there. Um, and so we, I just cranked at it. And there's a long descent after that first um, big climb and so I probably had covered about 2,200 feet of elevation gain of the 3,100 um, by mile 20, right? So my legs were pretty cached already. <laughs> and I was like, that's when I was like, eh, let me see if I can find myself an Uber back to the finish line. Um, but I kid. Um, and so I, I definitely learned about chafage. I hadn't had a whole lot of that when I was training here in Denver, but... Uh, yeah, by mile like 15, that was really starting to be bothersome. So gratefully, they had like first aid, you know, stations and they had nut butter, plenty of it. So I took a couple of different samples, samples, uh, you know, say like little packets they had and I lubed things up and that definitely helped. And if you haven't been, uh, if you're not into cycling, you know, riding 50 miles on a small little bike where your legs are rubbing on either side of this bike <clears throat> and your body's bouncing all around, especially uh, when it comes to, like, gravel. Like, the seam of your shorts or your bib um, can certainly start to make itself known. It's like, hey, remember me down here? Yeah. Don't forget about me. <laughs> so I had to make a couple stops throughout the 50 miles to uh, address that. And uh, thank God for people who, you know, bring out, you know, offer products that keep your, your uh, areas 
nicely lubricated. So that uh, that was a pointless little segment. So ultimately, um, you know, making my way down that very first climb, uh, getting pretty fast. My buddy Rick had waited for me, and we're cruising down pretty fast down these gravel roads. And then every once in a while, we'd run into these like sand traps, like legit sand traps, um, where I think they just have a lot of um, off-road vehicles, you know, four-wheelers and, um, you know, dirt bikes and all those various things that kind of chew up the uh, the gravel. And uh, especially at the very bottom of like very steep inclines that we were coming down, they're probably like flooring it and just turning all of that gravel into sand. So you'd be flying down someplace at 30 miles an hour and then hit this, or you'd see it gratefully ahead of you so you'd have time to quickly throw on the brakes. Because so if you were to hit that sand quickly, you, you can't steer. <laughs> you'd go head over, your, head over your handlebars, which gratefully I didn't do once. Um, but we ran into a lot more sand than, than there was... Uh, anything else and it's really difficult to pedal in like deep sand that said uh it cashed out my legs even more and then we hit the uh, pavement around uh probably mile 27 to 30 ish and then we started just doing some long kind of boring you know um what do you call it paved roads and uh, the wind was was picked up, and it was in our face, which just makes it worse. So kudos to my buddy Rick, who who's you know a more avid cycler than I am, has better stamina, um, and he took the brunt of that headwind, and I kind of tucked in behind him, and just attempted to keep up with him. And it was good for a little while, and then at one point I was like, dude, I, I have to stop. I have to stretch out. My my quads were so done. They were so done. And this was right around mile 35, which is, you know, one mile longer than I had ever actually ridden. Um, and so I was like, oh, man, I don't know, man. I don't know how I'm going to do this. He's like, that's all right, man. Just keep, you know, we'll go as slow as we need to go. Just keep pedaling. And you just tuck, tuck in behind me, and I'll take the wind. And, you know, it's pretty cool when you're cruising along, and it's just amazing how much a difference it is, uh, maybe like 30% less effort when you can draft behind someone. So that was dope. Um, and he was super, you know, super helpful. Couldn't have probably done it. Well, I probably could have, but I would have been a lot worse without him. And we just made our way back. And so um, we didn't do the, that extra course. We did the, the main 50 miler. Um, I just felt a sense of like accomplishment, you know, like could I have done a better showing? Well, 100%. Um, am I grateful that I bought a business a month ago, three weeks ago? <laughs> yeah, but that definitely took a lot of my time away from training. So it wasn't really in the cards, but sometimes you have to jump at opportunity and, uh, and do the best you can, right? So yeah, training would have helped a lot. I, uh, I definitely ate a lot of calories while, while I was out there, stayed well hydrated, um, and, uh, and really enjoyed myself. It was fun. So I accomplished something I've, I've never done before, uh, which is, you know, over 50 miles, which is good because in July, about two months from now, I'm uh, joining my buddy Rick and some of the same dudes and some of, some other dudes, and we're riding from Boulder, Colorado, uh, up and over 
to Steamboat, which is about 200 miles um, the way that we're going. And it'll be roughly about 50-mile days, four days in a row. So it's kind of like I felt like I ran a marathon. And it's like, cool, good job on that marathon. Now, in two months from now, you're going to do four marathons <laughs> back to back to back to back. And uh, that frightens me too. But, uh, you know, I do feel like some of it is just time in the saddle, just getting getting miles logged. Uh, and some of it's really mental. And part of it, knowing that I've done 50 miles now, more than 50 miles in a single ride, it's like, all right, cool. I've done it before. I survived. And uh, I can do it again, right? So similar to probably stuff that you've worked on or on or you've done in your life like sometimes that mental getting over that mental barrier I'm like oh okay I've okay I did it now I can do it again is uh it's similar to that whole like metaphor of the the four minute mile you know they they've worked on you know attempting to to achieve the four minute mile the sub four minute mile for so long um and what's his name Bannister Roger Bannister fuck what's his name anyways he, you know, ultimately broke the four-minute mile, and then 36 dudes after him were able to break the four-minute mile within that same year. So once, like, there's something to be said about, like, once we can believe that something is achievable, then, uh, then it becomes so much more doable. You can quote me on that. It becomes so much more doable. Um, but what was cool about Bannister's story though, too, with the four minute mile is that he visualized doing it over and over and over again in his head prior to doing it. And that's what he, uh, really kind of, um, associates his ability to actually accomplishing it in, in real life was how much he had already run it, run it, geez, had already ran it in his head. Um, and then he just had to show up and actually do it. And then once he did it, he opened up the door for so many other people. So I'm hoping that with my, uh, accomplishment this past weekend that, uh, not for other people. Okay. Cause people who've, who cycle probably roll their eyes. are like, Oh yeah, big deal. 50 miles. Uh, but for me personally, like, cool. Check that box. I've done 50 miles, more than 50 miles in a single day. And now I can do this, uh, you know, later on this summer with all my buddies when we're up in the, the elevation of Colorado. So anyways, really, really powerful, really fun, definitely out of my comfort zone, could have easily beat myself up, but there's something to be said about, uh, you know, maturing each of us as we mature, learning to, um, learning to give ourselves grace, living, learning to I guess just learning to um, appreciate the effort that we do give because the reality I think is that we could always do better and that's the beautiful thing about life. But, uh, but I've learned I think as I've matured to not allow that fact to detract from what we do accomplish so that later on this summer I get another chance. I get <laughs> four chances in a row to, uh, to not necessarily do better um, but maybe to be in even better shape so that I, I'm not just like in my pain cave, as they say, where I was really suffering those last, those last 15 miles. So 
that's what I got for you. Um, I think it's always good, and you can tell me otherwise, to, uh, to, to kind of see yourself maybe in some of my stories and be like, okay, cool. I'm not the only one. <laughs> I'm not the only one that could have done better to prepare. Um, but what I did do was commit, you know, months ago, and I did buy a bike, and I got out there a fair amount, and uh, I did train because there's literally, I remember my first ride, my first couple rides, 15 miles, 15, 20 miles was like, damn, like I was spent, you know. And now I'm all at the point where like 15, 20 miles is kind of like I'm starting to warm up. I'm like, okay, I'm feeling good, you know. And that's, I, I want to get to the point where my legs don't cash out at 35 miles. My legs start to cash out around 50 miles, right. So, there's always room to improve, but uh, I'm just I'm just telling you, like whatever you're working on, whether it be your weight, maybe you're working on getting stronger in the gym, maybe you're working on your relationship with your significant other, uh, maybe working towards a promotion. Like at the end of the day, I think consistency over time far outweighs like um, massive effort, if that makes sense, right? Like. So many people that I used to work with when it comes to weight loss, like they would want to make up for lost time and they'd come in so hot, like so ready, like, let's do this, let's go, I'm going to lose all this weight. And then three weeks in, they'd be, you know, off the rails again. And so I really worked to coach people to have the right expectations of like, listen, this is a fucking marathon, you know, like you did not gain this weight, as so many of us have heard, overnight. This has been one spoonful at a time over days, months, years, decades, it's going to take a lot of time to kind of work your way uh, back into thinness, right? And I think it's the same way with with uh, anything like this that, that requires a lot of like cardiovascular um, capacity. It just takes time. I can't just achieve it with one weekend. So whatever you're working on, Maybe it's a podcast like this. Maybe it's a book. Maybe it's, uh, you know, a big project at work. Like I said, whatever it is, don't judge yourself too harshly. Know that, uh, yes, there's always uh, another level that you could achieve to, to do more. But give gratitude for what you are doing and uh, keep pushing forward. Uh, consistency over perfection all day long. Thank you for joining me. We'll catch up with you on the next episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. Talk soon. Later. That's it for this one, and I want to thank you for listening. Hey, if you got some good ideas from this episode and you want more, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. And if you think others may benefit from it also, share it on social media and tag me in your post so I can say hey. It would also mean a lot to me if you felt inclined to write a review of the show on Apple Podcasts since I read every single one of them. And if you've got any questions or topics that you'd like to recommend or really just anything that you think I could improve upon, man, I thrive on constructive feedback. So hit me up with an email at podcast at johnnyking.com. Oh, and feel free to also subscribe to my YouTube channel, connect with me on LinkedIn, and follow me on Instagram at johnnyking and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash johnnyking.com men's coach. Thanks again for joining me. I'll catch you next time.